Welcome to the Jesus 360 Podcast, a devotional guide to the names and descriptions of Jesus given to us by the Apostle John in the Book of Revelation. Brother Daniel, myself, Blair Phillips, will be co-hosting today's discussion on Jesus, the one who is against the doctrine of Balaam and of the Nicolaitans. And so we are in Revelation chapter 2, verse 14 and 15, which reads, But I have a few things against you, because you have there those who hold the doctrine of Balaam, who taught Balak to put a stumbling block before the children of Israel, to eat things sacrificed to idols, and to commit sexual immorality. Thus you also have those who hold the doctrine of Nicolaitans, which things I hate. And so, Brother Daniel, we are in the letter that Jesus is dictating to John to the church of Pergamos, which he has uh, affirmed in the few verses before this for standing greatly strong during the time of great persecution and even being in the midst of Satan's throne, as Jesus would say twice. Uh, but Jesus holds them uh, on this doctrine that they are accepting. And so what was this? This is something that's not super familiar to us, mostly as Christians, and we don't have a lot of scriptural context to, but what would be this doctrine of Balaam and the Nicolaitans? Well, the seven letters to all the seven churches are very specific in terms of both affirmation and rebuke. We have seen that in earlier letters to Ephesus, uh, even to uh, various cities. Jesus was very clear exactly where he's encouraging them and why he's encouraging them and why he's rebuking them. He's very precise. In fact, sometimes he's laser sharp in his mm -hmm. precision on the rebuke mm -hmm. and uh, the reason why he's rebuking. And in this particular case, it's doctrinal truth that this church has actually um, uh, basically um, been unfaithful to the truth, to the stewardship of truth. They have been enticed and deceived by false doctrine. And Jesus highlighted two particular doctrines that was tied to two human personalities. One of them is Balaam. Now the story of Balaam and Balak is found in the Old Testament recorded in Numbers 24. And we know that uh, Balaam is a Jewish prophetic figure guy and Balak is this Gentile king who is afraid of the multitude of Israel, Israelite that he saw, and he wanted to make sure that they could not succeed in whatever they are trying to do, especially in military campaign. So he hired this Jewish um, prophet guy, Balaam, in order to curse the people of Israel. And and Balaam was was warned by the Lord that he can only say what the Lord asked him to say. And finally, Balaam advised Balak and said, you can't defeat these people because the Lord is with them. But what you can do is you can lay stumbling block for them. In other words, you can make them sin against their God by behaving a certain way that that is abominable to the Lord, and then God will judge them. In other words, you cannot defeat them uh, directly, but you can make them uh, uh, be an offense in the eyes of the Lord, and so that the Lord's hand will judge them. Therefore, you will reap the benefit of them being defeated, but not by you, but by the hand of the Lord, so that you can get rid of them. Now, this is a, a very uh, cynical way of uh, political and military advice. In other words, you're saying, okay, now you can't defeat a very powerful enemy, but you're getting another superior power to, to eliminate your enemy on your behalf. They can disqualify themselves with their relationship with God. So Balaam uh, basically uh, used that 
uh, as an advice. And uh, we saw that doctrine of Balaam simply means that because in, in this particular uh, incident, um, there were people within the church, not the entire church, but some element, influential element within the church is basically uh, teaching people to eat food sacrificed to idols. Some of these things are really uh, causing them to have uh, their relationship with God, their standing before the grace of God, being disrupted in a severe way. So, so um, and Jesus is actually rebuking them by saying, you allow it, you compromise. You didn't actually rebuke these people that they are leading the people away from truth. Mm. So, well, we have two sides we have to look at when we, when we study this particular description of Jesus as the one who is against the doctrine of Balaam. In other words, Jesus is the embodiment of truth, and he is the, the way, the truth, and life. And he said to his disciple in John 17, 17, that I will sanctify you by the truth. In other words, he wants to have a truthful uh, relationship with his people in the light. Once his people begin to be carried away by falsehood, by false doctrine, the relationship between the Lord and the church is affected. Mm -hmm. So basically, Jesus is the one who comes and reveals himself and says, I am the truth, I am the way, and I am life. Get in alignment with me in truth and do not allow the doctrine of Balaam and Nicolaitan. Now, Nicolaitan is a little bit more vague because we can't find this personality in the Bible. So we have to look into church history. And we saw some early church father, that Irenaeus, who mentioned a guy called Nicholas. And uh, basically, Nicholas uh, is quite a dangerous heretic who is very influential in the church. So, um, so the, the key point here is Jesus is emphasizing that relationship with him must be based on truth because he is truth. I think that stands out very strong because um, Jesus specifies these things, these doctrines, I hate. Yes. Jesus adds a personal element to that. Yes. And he's charging them, if if you truly want me, you have to lay aside these things. I mean, they Jesus has affirmed them very strong. They're evidently very uh, strong individually and as a community as Christians. But yet there's this doctrine that Jesus is, is honing into because he has great animosity towards it. Yes, uh, obviously... These are the two uh, negative influence in that church during that time. Mm -hmm. Now, if we move fast forward maybe 50 years or 100 years and 200 years, you could have other dangerous doctrine mm -hmm. that is causing people to drift away from truth. Mm -hmm. So oh, this is a very time-specific, context-specific rebuke to that local church that is plagued by the influence of the doctrine of Balaam mm -hmm. and Nicolaitan. And Jesus said, I am not treating just wrong teaching as something that's light because they can actually pollute the mind and the hearts of my, my people and cause them to drift away from their view of me and their relationship with me. So I have zeal against such doctrine. So if we know that the Lord is the way, the truth, and life, and He sanctifies us by truth, we should also know that He has great zeal against false doctrine. So how then should we relate to a God like that? Mm -hmm. No, we come to the one who hates the doctrine of Balaam. We come to the one who hates the doctrine of Nicolaitan. So because he's the embodiment of truth and we're sanctified by his truth, we must also worship him in truth 
and in spirit. Mm -hmm. We must also walk in truth. That translates to the Ten Commandments mm -hmm. where, you know, do not bear false witnesses. It's mm -hmm. just walking in truth, speaking the truth in love. Mm -hmm. So our entire life has to be a testimony of truth. You know, obviously we have weakness and we stumble and fall. That's where repentance come in and apology come in and reconciliation come in. But uh, the benchmark is not falsehood. The benchmark is not deception. The benchmark is truth because he's true. So how do we pray when we uh, relate to the Lord like that? We come to the one who's against the doctrine of Balaam, mm -hmm. the doctrine of Nicolaitan, and we say, Lord, because you're against the doctrine of Balaam, which is not to cause offense and stumbling block to your people and deception of uh, sexual immorality to your people and compromise to your people. Therefore, I'm the one who also walk in the truth and embody, uh, embody the truth in your life. Yes. Oh, recently, um, I'm going to give that example after we pray. Because you're the one who hate the doctrine of Balaam and Nicolaitan, therefore I'm the one who hate falsehood. I'm the one who also hate the doctrine of Balaam and Nicolaitan, which is basically compromising in sexual immorality and compromising in causing stumbling block to the people of God. And because of that, I would pray, O oh Lord, undergird me with truth. O oh Lord, sanctify me with truth. Lord, help me to speak the truth in love, in Jesus' name. Now, I want to give one example. Just the other day, I was, I met an old friend that I have never seen before for a while. And, uh, you know, so he, he was very excitedly updating some uh, of his testimony and journey with God. It's all positive. And, but recently, he had an amazing grandchild that came into his family. And, uh, and so, but then he started sharing and it, it, apparently the grandchild came from a situation that was undesirable where he's out of wedlock. In other words, his, his child had a uh, extra, uh, ex has a, a sexual relationship outside of marriage covenant, and then the child came about. But the right decision was they didn't abort the child. They preserved the child. The child's going to be a, ch a child with a promise and a child with a calling in his life. Mm -hmm. So I basically advised him and say, hey, you know what? Um, the child need to be celebrated. He, he was not involved in the decision that was made by the adults, you know. But then the second point is also that um, we have to call that sin. This is real. This is, uh, you know, any, uh, any sexual relationship outside of marriage is uh, fornication. If uh, involve another couple that has marriage, then it's adultery. This is sin. So even though the child is completely innocent and the child come, come about a need to be celebrated, we want to embrace the child. We want to embrace. We also need to call sin, sin. And then uh, your child need to repent. Your grandchild need to be celebrated. And after repent, we have full embracing of your child mm -hmm. within a spiritual family and uh, that, the, that, the, that the sin in the past be covered by the blood of Jesus and they can move forward, you know, in single parenting or whatever. But God has a plan. God can redeem what is of the past and redeem it fully and turn it for good, glorious purpose in the future. But we cannot skip the step and say, oops, this is a nothing deal. It's not really such a big deal. The child is now here. Let's just not talk about the past. Let's not mention sin. So the point is the church has a standard to keep. You know, Nicolaitan basically downplay or even promote sexual promiscuity. And so we need to hold the standard of truth by calling sin, sin. At the same time, be compassionate and pastoral 
to see how God can redeem an imperfect situation. And again, at the same time, oh my goodness, a life coming to being and Amen. life's going to be raised in the house of the Lord. You know, no matter where the child is, is the child's going to be a glorious messenger of the gospel and the glory of God. So I, I just thought this was a yes. little fresh example. I think that's a very relative example. And I think one word just to add into this podcast that we haven't really used is that Jesus is addressing the issue of holiness. Yes. And there's areas that we face in life that aren't always as black as white and white as we would like them to be in the Bible. And some of what Jesus is addressing as far as sexual morality, etc., that's extremely black and white. But um, Jesus is basically saying, always err on the side of holiness. Yes. Do not... How abandoned can I be to you? Correct. And so I, I just that was point was in my heart, my mind. And I just wanted to say it uh, as we conclude this podcast. Wonderful. Would you pray for our audience? Yes. So Father, uh, we thank you. Just even now, as we've already prayed through the Jesus three hundred and sixty model, but we just want to ask you and take a moment and say, help us. We desire to be a people that walk in holiness. You are the one who is holy. You are the one who hates. The, the doctrines of, of Balaam and the Nicolaitans, but we, uh, because of that, we are those that you desire to walk holy, just as you are holy. And Lord, we say yes today, Lord, even as uh, we are coming up upon uh, new times and new seasons, Lord, we ask you for help and discernment upon your church and our individual lives to know what is the holy choice, to know what is right, pure, noble, and worthy of praise that we might set ourselves upon these things. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. We want to thank you for joining us for this Jesus 360 podcast. We invite you to join us next time as we continue on through the names and descriptions of Jesus in the book of Revelation. You satisfy my soul. You satisfy my soul. You satisfy my soul with your love.